0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: I want it to be enjoyable. And so for me, that's more important. Like I've become not money motivated and not in the sense that I don't want to make money, but like the money doesn't make me jump. It's more or less like, are you going to be a good person to work with? Do I want to spend the amount of time with you and the amount of phone calls and all of these things The money becomes second nature, but the moment the money became second nature, it, it started like the River Jordan opened and money was flowing.
0: Premier wedding planner and designer Michelle Norwood has over 20 years of experience building out bespoke events domestically and overseas. Her business has been featured in Vogue, The New York Times, Martha Stewart Weddings. She was named Best New Orleans Wedding Planner. But this founder didn't start her career in the industry, and that's what this podcast likes to explore. Welcome back to Bucket List Careers. I'm Krista Laurie. This is episode 122. So what does it take to be an industry-leading event designer? We dig into Michelle's approach to a job that lights her up like nothing before, starting out as an accountant, and we talk about how she transferred her business skills to a professional space she feels she was absolutely born to be in. All right, let's listen. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on Bucket List Careers. It is so great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for taking the time.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited.
0: All the way from New Orleans, I'm very excited to have (laughs) this premier wedding planner on my show. You know, I actually Googled you and I thought this is a good career pivot story. You've been doing what you're doing now, your bucket list career for more than two decades, but you didn't start out there. So we like to try to talk a little bit about your transitions, what you've learned, try to give some people inspiration. So let's dial it back. Before you were doing this, before you started Michelle Norwood Events, I know you did work as an accountant for in a small business environment. So why don't we start there and walk us through a little bit?
1: I actually did not start as an accountant. I started as a receptionist. Oh, okay. You were working your way up. And so I worked my way up, but I was very young at this job. I may have been 22 at the time, started as a receptionist, worked my way up, and then I started doing their accounting, their floor plans. A lot of people don't know what that is. Sidebar, floor plans is no dealership owns all of their cars. They have loans through the bank. I manage their floor plans, which is billions of dollars in cars for dealerships. And so like making sure they paid their loans on time when cars were sold, blah, blah, blah. I started doing all of their auditing for their floor plans and things like that. Well, then the opportunity came. They were hosting an event and they did not want to hire a planner. And so I raised my hand. I don't even know why. All these years later, I have no idea why. Wow! I raised my hand and was like, hey, I I could do it. And so then I put on this event for them and everyone was like, this is the best event that we have ever attended. And so then you volunteer once and then all of a sudden it becomes your job. (laughs) Then it slowly became the unpaid part of the job that I was doing for many years. So then I I worked my way away from the accounting portion of it and ended up doing events. And then like fast forward, my birthday, this is like what the moment was. My birthday is October 28th, which is always at the end of the month, which is very big for car industry. And so I could never take my birthday off or travel. And so I don't know why, but in my thirties, that became like, Oh my God, like I can never enjoy my birthday. Like my birthday is always dedicated to corporate America. And I don't know why, but it was just like the straw. I don't know. It was the moment that was like, ugh. The straw that broke the camel's back. You're like, my birthday has got to be honored the right way. (laughs) Right. I mean, giving it away to someone else. So then my boss and I kind of had a couple squabbles and like we completely disagreed about things. And then I was like, I'm going to start my own business. and then I See I that's quit. how it happens. <laughs> that is how it happens in a moment like that and then you never looked back. Oh, well no, I don't want to say that when <laughs> my last official day was December 31st and around January 15th I I had to what have I done? Like <laughs> I'm like coming undone like and so I I actually called and I was like I don't know. I think I made a mistake. I was tenured. I was like, mm, I think I made a mistake. Can I have my job back? And so we went into the negotiation of contract process and they wanted to offer me less money than what I was making 15 days ago. And I was like, you know what? This is not it. I'm done. That was what kept me from going back. Cause I was like, yet again, here's just another thing that I have no control over. And so I was like, I'd rather work a hundred hours a week for myself. And make 50 grand, then work 40 hours a week for someone else and make 80. Like I'm done. And so I was just officially done.
0: Well, good for you for knowing your worth, number one. And it does seem like it was meant to be. So, walk us through the origins of Michelle Norwood events. How did you decide on wedding planning specifically? And I know you also are doing luxury travel advising. I don't know if that came about later on in your career journey. Tell us how it started
1: and how you figured out that niche. I had been doing corporate events and I never care. It was like, it's not like corporate events are now. Like they are these big build outs and like you see all these fun parties for Shea Moisture and Pattern. And so like, that wasn't a thing. It was like, here's the budget. Honestly, we don't want to pay for anything. We want it all done for free. And then like, you have to make it all happen. And, and here it is. And so like, it was never anything attached to it that made it special. It was just like go be great. And so when I transitioned, I was like, I'm going to do weddings because there's more emotion involved and people are happy and you're celebrating love and joy. And it's a thing. It's like, it gives you all the feels. I stepped into that because I wanted something that had a little bit more emotion to it while staying within what I was comfortable with. I do often tell people like, I should not be the guide for like the career because I had many years of watching a large corporation with marketing budgets and how they allocated dollars. And so when it came to managing my own five figures, I was like, oh, I got this. Like, this is easy because I had those. You had the business end of it down. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when people are like, oh, you're so successful. I'm like, yes, because I had many years of doing this for someone else to know how to apply that to my own business.
0: So that's fair. But the thing. Part about making a career change and pivoting that I find is common with so many of my guests is that they transfer skills from another industry and then perhaps, as you did, add a creative element, something clearly in this case that lights you up and you feel you're connecting with people. You feel like you're bringing meaning to their lives, which I think is really amazing. And I think that's when at the end of the day, when you look back at your legacy, you're going to remember that probably the most. Let's talk about your success because I can tell you're humble, but you do have 20 years of experience under your belt building out these bespoke events, this company, and your business has been featured in various high-profile publications like Vogue, New York Times, Martha Stewart Weddings. I know you were named Best New Orleans Wedding Planner. So what does it take to be an industry-leading event designer?
1: For me personally, I think Very much so that, no, I know it is my humble personality. A lot of this is I gear my events or anything I'm producing towards the client. I personally feel like it doesn't matter what I like, but I've also been blessed with clients that have great taste. But what I like and what is important to me isn't important to the client. And I think that when you look at my events, they all look so very different because they're not about me, they're about the client. And so creating experiences and just also having something that's new and fresh. I don't look at a bunch of other event planners or what they're doing because I'm listening to the client and I'm creating events for them. So from my perspective, it's just like, I always keep the blinders on. I focus on what's important. And that's the family that I'm working with, the couple that I'm working with, or the corporation that I'm working with. And I give them an event that's so unique to them that, it's undeniable that every event that I do is different because it's not a copy and paste. It's not a rinse and repeat. It's authentic and unique every single time. So that is what I think it is that makes you, yeah, that makes me. Oh, I man. totally see the value in that, of course,
0: <laughs> and tailoring to what people really desire. So as far as the travel aspect of it, do you do destination weddings? Is that how you
1: tie in being a travel advisor? Yes. So we are about 50-50 and it fluctuates from year to year. Like year before last, I feel like I never slept at home. (laughs) This year, I don't know. Everyone's like, you're always gone. And I'm like, but I feel like I was home a lot this year, but maybe I was only (laughs) home three months. And that was more than last year. So it felt normal. Well, it's nice that people miss you. <laughs> well, I I went to this event the other day, and, and this girl named Avery, she was like, "You live here, you you know, you live here." And I was like, I, "What are you talking about? I've been home all year." But then I looked at my account. I was like, "Yeah, I haven't really been home. I've only been home like three or four months this year." Wow! So it's a big component of your business. Yes. So I do. I'm based in New Orleans, but I do not work with any local couples for whatever reason that may be. It's not that I'm like, oh no, no local couples. I just don't. All of my couples are mostly based in LA, New York, or in another country. Based Mostly the UK is where a lot of my clients come from. So yeah, we travel quite a bit to get things done. The luxury travel aspect of it came in as a part of weddings because I was doing so many things and people would always ask for my input about how was it, what could be better. And then people started hiring me for my opinions, which again, I'm like, I didn't know my opinion meant so much. And so now I work with luxury hotels to give them the aspect of travel from a couple's perspective and so that they can create experiences around that so that it just, it kind of fell out of the sky.
0: Well, it sounds like easy for you, but there have to be obstacles. Obviously you're in the right space for yourself. I can just tell by the way you speak about it, but talk to me about We can learn from these things, how you navigated obstacles, either building the business or just specific obstacles of being a wedding planner.
1: Obstacles, like the biggest, it wasn't really hard for me. And I hate to say that because I do feel like there are a lot of obstacles. There were moments that came along that definitely changed the trajectory of my business. Mm -hmm. It's like, COVID happened, like relatives passed away, my mom, my brother passed away. And so like life just kind of changed where things are, things that you thought were important are no longer important. And then you really focus in on the things that are. It got to the point where I'm like today, present day, no, you don't choose to work with me. I choose to work with you because I want the year that we're going to spend together to be enjoyable or the 60 days. If it's a corporate event, I want it to be enjoyable. And so for me, that's more important. Like I've become not money motivated and not in the sense that I don't want to make money, but like the money doesn't make me jump. It's more or less like, are you going to be a good person to work with? Do I want to spend the amount of time with you and the amount of phone calls and all of these things, the money becomes second nature, but the moment the money became second nature. It, it started like the River Jordan opened and money was flowing. So it's right. like, I don't know. I know I, I say this a lot. I'm like, the moment you stop thinking about the money, you find happiness and the money will come. But I know that's hard. But I tell people like, my life is different. My home is paid for. My car is paid for. So when all of these obstacles were happening, I had the moment to like step back from it all. And see it for what it was, and I was able to make adjustments in my business to make it work for me, but my life is very different, and I recognize that, and I understand a lot of people don't have that luxury,
0: sure, and being nimble is important and but, as you said, you have a foundation that you can rely on. that's great. You did mention that something that has served you is separating yourself from things and people that weren't necessarily on your side that helped you overcome obstacles. Is there a story there or is that just generally something that has served you and how?
1: No, there's always a story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. That's what these podcasts are trying to get to. Now it's feeling like therapy. (laughs) (laughs) When you're on this trajectory, you're growing, you're in your business. And it's like, people aren't with you. I did this. I would wake up every day at three o'clock in the morning and work because it was quiet and no one was calling or email or texting. And so people aren't with you in those moments when you're doing that, when you're growing the business, when you're working on it. But then the minute like it's all on Instagram and it's like top planner in the world, best planner. And people are seeing me like traveling and like I'm flying first class. I'll put something on Instagram that I think is nothing to me. And I'm like giving credit card tips to people. And then people are like, oh, well, it's such a luxury. You have five American Expresses. And I'm like, I I don't even think about it like that. I'm just like, sharing my life. And so as I was like building all of this and I started to share my life, the people that were around me that I expected to like cheer me on and support me were slowly turning the opposite way. And I was, it was very jarring to me because I was like, well, wow, you've been around since I was little. And like, now is you hear those people that are like, Oh money changes people and I'm like yeah money changed you money didn't change me. Wow. It's very sad for me because it's like these are yeah. people that I I grew up with and I loved and it's like now I I slowly have to move away from them and your circle gets smaller and smaller and like now I look at my husband and I'm like you are my family because like you're the one that I know that I can trust and like you're not here to do me harm and even people that you employ or bring on your team like they see what you have sure and then they think that they should also have those things and i'm like well where were you when i was up at three in the morning like working on all of these things or while i'm abroad working on an event but i'm still like tending to the clients in the states like oh it's a lot of hard work behind the scenes people don't see the hard work they see the reward and they're like oh you got here so quickly and i'm like no this is hours, hours, and hours, and years, and years, and decades now. Yeah, more than 20 years
0: under your belt. No, I I get it. And I think it is really important to recognize. And sometimes it's hard to actually extract yourself from relationships if they're long-standing relationships. But if it's getting toxic, you've got to do that. You've got to disconnect. So I applaud you for that because that's not easy. And finding your tribe is always so important, right? I mean, there are those people out there who are going to support you and appreciate your success and cheer you on. And those are your people. Yeah. As far as advice for people starting out specifically, Someone who might want to do wedding planning, event planning on various levels, whether or not it involves travel, or just generally broad strokes advice for people who want to reinvent, who are feeling like there's something missing in their current job situation, looking for that pivot. So, if you had to boil it down to your top takeaways for those kinds of listeners, what would you say would be has been the most effective for you?
1: Stay in the course. For me, I like when I first started. I had my mom's opinion. I had my husband's opinion. I had everyone's opinion about what I should do. <laughs> and you feel pressure to listen to those opinions, especially if those people are helping you because they did help me along the way. I knew what I wanted to do, but I, I found myself listening to other people. You cannot listen to anyone else. This is your idea. This is your business. You know exactly what you want to do. No one else has your dream. No one else has your goal. Stay focused. Do exactly what you want to do. And- Sometimes you just have to turn the outside noise off. I will say this. I was listening to my husband because I needed his financial support. Because I was unemployed, but behind his back, I was doing exactly what I wanted to do, but I was listening to him to his face because I needed him. So you know what you want to do. You know what it is. Don't let anyone else deter you from that because they don't have your vision and they don't have your goal. And they don't even know you've done all the research and you've worked for this. You have looked into it. You're ready. Don't let someone else talk you out of it.
0: That's really good advice. And it's honest. I actually really love your transparency. Really glad I had you on the show. So, before we go, you have to tell me the best wedding job. I mean, you probably have so many that it's hard to even choose. It doesn't have to be a celebrity, it doesn't have to be a big name. But also, if somebody's listening to this because they're interested in hiring you, <laughs> they might like <laughs> to hear about your favorite job ever. And then, of course, we're going to send everybody to your website. What do you think it is? <laughs>
1: Oh, man. It's so hard. Everyone's like, yo, she didn't say mine. Oh, I know, right? I do. <laughs> okay,
0: you have to listen. <laughs> if any of the former clients of Michelle Norwood are listening, you are not allowed to get mad at this because I'm sure your event was outstanding. But it could be just also because it was a specific location that meant a lot to you. I don't want to answer for you. I'm stalling. I'm giving you time Uh, to think.
1: (laughs) No, I I have my answer. And honestly, it's not a wedding. I'm going to go ahead and exit myself from that strategy. I recently had, well, there's two. I recently had the privilege of partnering with the French Heritage Society in Paris and they came to New Orleans for this really grand event and Timothy Corrigan, he was an AD 100. The event was for him. And so it was Marie Antoinette. It was a Beautiful event, honestly. And this event just happened. That was my favorite event of all time because I created an event that no one else can have. No one else can have this space. No one else can have the furniture because it was all auction pieces. People can now buy the furniture that we use and put it into their homes. So, like all of the chandeliers that we installed, all up for auction. And one of the mirrors that I use, I found out yesterday that it went up for auction for $12,000. And I'm like, that is in someone's home and it was a part of my event and no one else can have it. That's one. And then every year I work with, Jennifer Coolidge oh, I've her. been doing her Halloween party for many years and so she is just so delightful to work is with she, is she effect. very
0: cool in person I mean she's hysterical and I feel like she's not afraid to make fun of herself which I like she just like doesn't take
1: anything too seriously in terms of her vibe but you know I could be wrong she just seems no you're awesome. 100% right she is a very awesome very humble person and so delightful to work with yeah so those are the two very
0: cool very cool all right
1: Michelle thank you what's your website just tell us where everyone can go to learn more about you all right. My website is MichelleNorwood.com. If you want to see all things weddings, if you want to get to know me personally, MichelleNorwoodLiving.com. And those both transfer on TikTok and Instagram, Michelle Nord Events and Michelle Nord living. MichelleNorwoodLiving. living is where you get to see my personality and yeah. my husband, who's hilarious. <laughs> and MichelleNorwoodEvents is where you get to see all the pretty that we create.
0: All right, everybody, follow Michelle for sure. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed having you on the show. It was a pleasure, and I wish you the best with everything.
1: Thank you so much.
0: This is Bucket List Careers. I'm Krista Laurie. Thanks so much for joining me. We'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. Be well. An Ironic Media Production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K-Media.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V
1: on YouTube.